The LA Kings head into the All-Star break on a high note, and it was a special night for a Kings rookie. We discussed that and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we are on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The LA Kings played their final game before the All-Star break and their bye week where they'll be off for nine days. Kings looking to go into that break with a good taste in their mouths after going 2-8-6 and six in their last 16 games and riding a four-game losing skid. Well, they were able to get a good taste in their mouth after a win in Nashville. If you missed the game, we've got a quick recap for you. And before we get into the recap, I do want to let you know the Kings lineup for this game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on our preview show on Tuesday actually Wednesday, uh, but Quentin Byfield was back in the lineup for the Kings after missing two games due to an illness. He was back on the top line, and that had a domino effect on the lineup, so Alex LaFerriere moved from the top line down to the third line, Carl Grunstrom from the third line to the fourth line, and it would be Alex Turcott back at center on that fourth line, and Trevor Lewis would be alongside him. Lewis missed practice the day before, weren't sure if he was going to play or not, and weren't positive that uh, Alex Turcott would get another shot at center on the fourth line, but it's a good thing he did because he had quite a game. Defensively, it was Jordan Spence on the third pairing on the uh, blue line, and Brant Clark was given a second straight game off. As for the game, Kings scored the only goal of the opening period. Carl Grundstrom unassisted uh, his eighth of the year, although you could argue maybe Alex Turcott should have gotten assist on that one. Kings made it 2-0 in the second on the first career goal by Alex Turcott. A lot more coming up about that. Uh, Trevor Moore and Jordan Spence had the helpers, and in the third with the score 2-1, Trevor Lewis scored his sixth of the season, Quinton Byfield and Alex Turcott with the assists. Nashville did pull within 3-2, but Kevin Fiala would ice the win with an empty net goal. His 13th of the season, Philip Deneau and Mikey Anderson with the assists, and the Kings get a win 4-2. David Riddick in net, 39 saves in getting the victory. Let's check out the game stats uh, in this one. And uh, most of them did favor Nashville, especially shots on goal. 41 to 24 in favor of the Predators. Uh, I have not had a chance to look it up, but I would think that that disparity in shots on goal and the number of total shots on goal for a Kings opponent uh, were, were very high. Um, as high as I don't know that they are that's the most shots ever put on the Kings in a game or the most disparity they've had in a game as far as shots against an opponent, but uh, that was pretty lopsided, uh, in that one. It did help out the Predators that they did have four power play opportunities to the Kings, one neither team scoring with the man advantage. 
far as faceoffs, that did go in favor of Nashville, 29 to 19. And actually, just watching the game, it felt like it was worse than that, to be honest with you. Uh, block shots did favor Nashville, 14 to 12. Hits did favor the Kings, 22 to 16. And uh, that is rare. The Kings usually do not out hit uh, their opponents. As for the three stars of the game, it's uh, fun. We usually, well, we haven't had a chance to do this many times because we only give out the three stars when the Kings win. But my three stars of the game, uh, we're going to go with Trevor Lewis as my number three star. Uh, he had nine minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. He was a plus three, uh, had what would turn out to be the game-winning goal. Nothing flashy as you would expect from a blue-collar player like Trevor Lewis. Uh, just got in front of the net. Quentin Byfield, a hard-working shift to get possession and bet it out in front to him, and he put it in. He also did Trevor Lewis lead the team with four shots on goal. My number two star, and this was – a Maybe a little bit of a tougher choice than you might think. Uh, I thought David Riddich was great. Uh, 39 saves, as I mentioned earlier. Um, he stopped the Predators on some grade A chances. Uh, dare I say this was a little bit of a Jonathan Quick-like performance. Just He really battled all night and was really competitive. Uh, not pretty at times. There were some times where he was really scrambling around in that little bit, but did the job, uh, keep the puck out of the net as much as possible, and that's all you can ask from your netminder and uh he did have some big saves so big save dave absolutely lived up to his nickname nickname a bit against the nashville predators but the number one star and really there was no choice uh even if you take the emotions out of it he had an awesome night and that was alex turcott um awesome night for alex turcott we'll get more into why in case you're not familiar with the story but obviously he gets his first nhl goal but not only that uh, which was a skillful little flip into the top corner of the net while he was flying to the net. Uh, also picked up a secondary assist on the Lewis goal. Really could have had another assist as well. But regardless, it was his first multi-point game of his career. Uh, played 10 minutes and two seconds and was a plus three, just like Trevor Lewis. Uh, as far as the pluses and minuses for the win over Nashville, we'll start with the pluses. And a big plus was, of course, Alex Turcott. Now we're going to talk more about what could be in store for him in the future, but how can you not feel great for Alex Turcott? He has had such bad luck with injuries and his health. There are so many expectations for a former first-round draft pick. He's never had a chance to live up to those expectations because of all the bad luck he's had with his injuries. Now, whether he can ultimately turn into a solid NHL contributor or not, obviously is going to depend on time and his health, but Great to see him get a chance to show what he could do and get that first goal and have it be an important goal in a game where the Kings really needed a win. So it wasn't just, you know, a empty net goal when you're winning six to one or something like that. That was a, it was a skilled goal. It was an important goal and it comes in a win Add it all together, uh, especially having it be extra special because of all the things he's gone through. Huge goal, huge game for Alex Turcotte. And if you needed any further evidence of how big of a deal that was, and don't get me wrong, anytime an NHL player scores his first goal, it's a special moment. It's a memorable thing. But to see how your teammates react, and in particular, his uh, friend Jordan Spence, who got an assist on that goal, uh, once he got over to Turcotte, he literally jumped into him, wrapped his arms around him, and it was pretty clear that, he was very happy for his teammate because of all because of all the things he knows that he's gone through being his teammate in Ontario when he suffered most of those injuries. Uh, so that was a, it was just a great great moment 
Uh, and, you know, when we look back on this season, uh, there's been special moments. There's been down moments as well, which is usually what you get in a season with any team. But I think when we look back on the season, that Alex Turcotte goal is going to be one of the real special moments of this season. And Alex Turcotte was asked about his first NHL goal, and he had this to say, quote, it was obviously really exciting. I kind of blacked out there for a little bit, just a big relief, and that was all Morsey. He made a great play in the neutral zone, and I just kind of found the opening. He got it to me, and I just ripped it, and I was fortunate for it to go in. It was awesome. It was awesome. And yes, Trevor Moore did do a lot of the heavy lifting, but Alex Turcotte was in the position to score a goal. He was able to finish it, and uh, that was awesome. Uh, as far as other pluses in the win over Nashville, the fourth line, uh, they scored all the goals. Carl Grundstrom, Trevor Lewis, Alex Turcotte, they combined for three goals, four points, eight shots on goal, and eight hits. Turcotte, uh, as I mentioned, he really did factor into all three goals. He batted the puck out of the zone that eventually ended up with to Carl Grundstrom. And then Turcotte also crashed the net on that play, drawing a defender to him, getting, I'm sure, the attention of the goalie as well, right before Grundstrom was able to put that puck in the net. Uh, also was behind the net, helping out when Quentin Byfield passed out in front of Trevor Lewis, and he was able to score as well. So uh, just a great, great job by the fourth line for the Kings. And ultimately, of course, you need your top line. You need your top players to carry the load. But when the Kings have been at their best this season, it was because of balanced scoring, and that included the fourth line contributing. And uh, they've been a little bit quiet for a while, but great to see all three of those guys get on the board and be directly responsible for a Kings win. And I mentioned David Riddich earlier, but I want to mention him again. Uh, and I said this on Wednesday's show, could this be Phoenix Copley 2.0? Uh, Big Save Dave, remember, he started the season like Copley did a year ago as the number three veteran goalie in case of emergency. Uh, and then, of course, we had the situation with Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick was struggling, so they call up Phoenix and he saves the day. It may be uh, a repeat with David Riddick. Uh, obviously, uh, Cam Talbot is struggling. Uh, you get the injury to Phoenix Copley. He's called upon and he's getting the job done for now and he didn't expect to be in this opportunity to have this opportunity, but he's got it. And you can be sure he wants to hold on to it as long as he can, because right now he is clearly the number one goalie for the LA Kings going forward. Uh, and also one more uh, plus the penalty kill continues to be a strength for LA. They found themselves shorthanded in key moments and the PK got the job done. Uh, also wanted to say kudos to Kings video coordinator, Samson Lee. Uh, you might not know the name, but he's in charge of keeping an eye on things from uh, upon high and, if he sees something, an offsides or a goalie interference, he tells the coaching staff uh, on the bench, hey, you might want to challenge that. Uh, and that's exactly what the Kings did on a goalie interference, and it wiped away a key goal for Nashville in this one. A few minuses. Uh, the faceoffs were not good. Uh, that's something that can certainly come back and bite you in a close game. Uh, there were still some bad penalties. Uh, P.L. Dubois and Kevin Fiala in particular took pe penalties very close to each other in the third period with the Kings up to one. It included being the Kings have to be down four on three for a little bit. Uh, still things to clean up there. Power play, the Kings only had one, but on that power play, they gave up a huge shorthanded opportunity. But if not for big save Dave, uh, that could have been a bad moment. And the line changes were still not very good. That's something that's small, but can turn out to be a big thing and the Kings need to correct that stuff going forward. Overall, though, more pluses than minuses. It adds up to a big win for the Kings going into the break. Hopefully they feel a little bit better about themselves. Now they're going to rest up 
hit the reset button and hopefully get ready for a big final push towards the playoffs. So what could be next for Alex Turcott and what moves could the LA Kings be looking to make going forward? We'll talk about that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. It's basically a sports holiday, and you can enjoy the game even more by having some fun by placing a bet or two. FanDuel has so many ways that you can end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So we all hope the LA Kings going forward this season are going to look a lot like the team we saw for the first two months of this year and not so much like the team we saw over the last month. But if they don't, and if what we've seen in since late December is the Kings team that we see the rest of the way, then the Kings could potentially be sellers at the trade deadline. Now, it's unlikely they're going to be buyers because of the salary cap situation, but it's possible they could make some minor moves or Maybe if they're in a situation where they're on the borderline to be a playoff team, maybe they really shake things up and make a couple of big deals. The trade deadline comes up on Friday, March the 8th. Kings have just over a month to kind of figure it out. A total of 14 games in between now and then. And again, judging on how those 14 games go is going to determine what path GM Rob Blake is going to take. Is he going to supplement the roster? Is he going to have to make huge changes because it's a disaster and uh, they might as well cut their losses while they can. It's all to be determined. If things do go bad though, we certainly hope they don't. And I'm actually optimistic. They aren't. I think we've seen the worst. I hope, Um, but some names that could be on the move. Uh, Obviously you would start with the unrestricted free agents that'll be on the roster for next season. Matt Roy, the defenseman, Victor Arvidsson, the forward and Trevor Lewis as well. Um, you know, I don't know that there's much of a market for Louis. I mean, he's a Stanley cup winner. He's kind of a glue guy, you know, a fourth line guy with experience. There might be some, some interesting teams out there in a player like that for Victor Arvidsson. Certainly it would depend on when he comes back and what he shows as far as his health, when he returns for Matt Roy, he would clearly be the number one target of a lot of different teams. He would be very much in demand as a solid, uh, defensive defenseman that can move the puck. Uh, and do a lot of good things for you. So if they were to make a move, Matt Roy would certainly be the most attractive player. That's the, at, least, at least the obvious one. Um, Blake Lazat and Arthur Cowley are both restricted free agents after this season. Um, and maybe with the emergence of Alex Turcott, you could think, well, maybe now uh, Blake Lazat's expendable because we could put Alex Turcott in there on the fourth line and he could give a lot of the same things that Blake Lazat has given us. However, as excited as we all are, about Alex Turcott, we do have to keep in mind it's one game uh, and also his injury history. He has not shown the ability to stay healthy. Fingers crossed that that is not going to be the case going forward, that he's put those issues behind him and now he's really ready to be a, a guy who could really contribute at the NHL level. But again, that needs to be proven. Um, and Blake Lasat has been 
a heart and soul guy for the Kings. Uh, he's really been a part of, you know, the Kings' success, an important part. So I really don't see that happening. I don't see the LA Kings looking to trade Blake Lazat unless there's, again, uh, a real disaster with the team over the next 14 games. Um, again, Alex Turcotte might give you some nice options. Um, but again, I, I just think it's it's two, it's one game, and uh, we have to see more. On the other hand, Arthur Kalia, uh, he did not play again in the game against Nashville. Uh, he is having a tough time getting back in the lineup, whether it's fair or not, whether it's because he and Tom McClellan are butting heads. We know there was the report out there that he's looking for uh, greener pastures, looking for a change of scenery. I think the former first-round pick does have some trade value. I think there would be teams that would be interested in him. He does have a great shot. He has some ability. But, I mean, let's be honest. If we're not going to play him, what's the point of having him on the team if we can get something for him? So Arthur Kaliev, I think, you know, Matt Roy is a guy the Kings don't want to trade because they think he could be a key piece if they're able to get in the playoffs and do something. Arthur Kaliev, though, is a guy I think they can afford to do without. Um, I'd hate to see him go because I think he's got some ability. But like I said, it doesn't seem like he's a fit here at the moment. Whether it's just a coaching thing with him or not, I don't know. But he seems to be the most likely candidate for the Kings to do something, whether they're looking to just supplement the roster or actually looking to really change things up. We'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, Speaking of trades, I do want to mention, and I know this is locked on LA Kings. We're talking about the Kings, but when you've got a big trade in the division that involves two teams that you battle with in the division, I think that's worthy of letting you know about it in case you don't. But the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames pulled off a big trade uh, with the Flames shipping out their lone all-star representative to a center, Elias Lindholm. He goes to the Canucks in exchange for forward Andre Kuzmenko, a pair of defensive prospects, a first-round pick in 2024, and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024. I think it's a pretty solid trade for both teams, two teams that are going in opposite directions. The Vancouver Canucks are having a tremendous season uh, they are clearly, at this point, looked at as a Stanley Cup contender, a serious Stanley Cup contender. Um, they've got a very talented roster. They can score a lot of goals. They've got the netminder and Thatcher Demko. And they've never won a Stanley Cup in Vancouver, as you probably know. So they are looking to go all in now and make this roster as good as they can. And they're willing to give up pieces for the future for the now. As for the Calgary Flames, technically, they're still in the wild card race. They're five points out but they'd have to pass over four other teams just to get into the final wildcard spot. So the Flames are thinking more about the future. I think it's probably for the best for them, and uh, they're getting some nice nice assets, they hope, going forward. Um, this was the first move in uh, the eye towards the trade deadline. How much the Kings are going to be involved certainly, again, will be determined over the next couple of weeks and what they do on the ice. So where are the Kings going to be? At the All-Star break, now that that's here, as far as the playoff picture, we'll update that here next on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's Lockdown Sports Today, and it's available to you 24-7, covering the top sports of the day with the local experts on Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, now that we actually are at the All-Star break, I did want to take one final look at the Pacific Division standings and the Western Conference playoff picture. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks, I mentioned it, 71 points 
at the All-Star break, tied with the Boston Bruins for the most points in the entire NHL. It's been a very, very good first half for the Canucks. Now they're going to have to follow it up with a second half and some playoff success, but uh, so far so good for Vancouver. It seems pretty unlikely, and they've been consistent all season long, that they are going to get knocked off of that top spot. Uh, unless the Edmonton Oilers can keep winning. We'll get to them in a second. But Vegas is in second place in the Pacific. They've got 64 points, so fairly decent lead uh, of seven points for the Vancouver Canucks. And Vegas has not played their best hockey of late. They were pretty good to start, kind of cooled off, and have been kind of an average team of late. Still good, but not uh, looking like they're going to be able to catch uh, Vancouver. And Edmonton, despite how well they've played, and they're riding a 16-game winning streak, going into the all-star break, they've got 59 points. So even with all the winning that they have been doing, they're still 12 points behind the Vancouver Canucks. So they'd have to go on another 16-game winning streak to be able to get close, I think, to overtaking Vancouver because of how well they're playing. Oh, by the way, the Edmonton Oilers will be the first opponent of the LA Kings when the Kings come out of the all-star break and play on February the 10th at home against those Oilers. Will that streak still be intact? when the Kings face them. As for our Kings, 56 points. They are the number one wildcard team right now in the Western Conference. They're three points back of the Oilers, but Edmonton has three games in hand on LA, meaning they've played three fewer games. Uh, Right now, the second wildcard team in the West is the St. Louis Blues. They've got 54 points, so a two-point lead for the Kings on them. Then you've got Nashville checking in with 54 points as well. Seattle has 52 points, and then you've got Arizona and Calgary each with 49 points still in it technically, but it's going to be a long haul for those teams to get back in if they're going to have to go on a pretty serious heater uh, to get back in the playoff race. So right now, realistically, it looks like it's L.A., St. Louis, Nashville, and maybe Seattle, four teams battling it out for two wildcard spots. If the playoffs started today, it would be the Kings as the number one wildcard team, and they would face the Colorado Avalanche in the first round, the uh, top team in the Central and the number two overall seed in the Western Conference. I did want to mention that I keep seeing some conflicting reports about when Victor Arvidsson and Blake Lazat could be back from injury for the LA Kings. Some are saying it's close to when the Kings return from the All-Star break. Others are saying it's still weeks away. Uh, Obviously, that's a pretty big disparity. I would say... For me, I'm just going to kind of take a wait-and-see approach. When do they return to the ice for team practices? That's when you know they're close. Until that happens, uh, it's all just speculation, it appears. So uh, we're hoping to get those guys back sooner rather than later. And, of course, there are going to be roster ramifications when Victor Arvison returns because of his salary cap hit. We'll detail that if you don't know once we get closer to that time. But uh, it's still very... uh, Not very clear at this point when those two guys could be back. Uh, If you are interested in such things, uh, LA Kings goalie Cam Talbot, uh, who's at the NHL All-Star Game in Toronto, uh, was selected by Team Hughes today. If you're unfamiliar with the All-Star format, and you don't need to apologize if you are because it changes all the time. This year, they're going with four teams and four star players as the captains of those teams. And then they had like a fantasy draft. Cam Talbot was actually selected by the Hughes brothers, Jack Hughes of the Devils and Quinn Hughes of the Canucks. They let them team up for a, for a team. Uh, and so he was selected by them. Uh, so coming up on uh, Friday, there's the skills competition. Saturday is the all-star game. 
So those four teams will play two games. The winners of those two games will then meet for a all-star championship game. So we'll, uh, we'll let you know on Monday how Cam Talbot does at the all-star game. It's obviously been a rough second half of the first half, so to speak, for Cam Talbot. He was so good at the beginning, and he's struggling right now. Hopefully he can go to Toronto, have a good time, just kind of get away from what's going on with the Kings, enjoy himself. I believe it's his first all-star selection. Just he may never have this opportunity again, obviously, as an older goalie as well. Probably won't. So go have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Hopefully his family went along with him and just kind of unplug from the Kings. And then once you've had your fun, then come back, get ready to reset and hopefully have a productive rest of the season. Uh, one other all-star note, I did make contact with friend of the show, Jared Schaffron from the Ontario Rain. He's going to come on later on next week and give us a full in-depth rain report. But he did confirm to me that LA Kings defenseman Brant Clark is expected to play in the AHL All-Star game that is coming up on Monday. So we will uh, try and keep track of that and uh, let you know how Brant Clark does. Uh, obviously a great first half of the season for him at the AHL level before he got called up. Very deserving of this honor. And hopefully, like Cam Talbot, go have a good time. It's a unique once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, and just uh, show what you can do, have fun, and then come back and get ready to go for the LA Kings. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up on Friday, it is a big fan feedback show. Lots of stuff to talk about involving RLA Kings and your chance to let your voice be heard. You can get those emails in. You can reach out on X or Twitter, Instagram. You can also leave comments on the YouTube episode. Lots of ways to let your voice be heard. If you want to send an email, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com. And as always, you can, like I said, leave your comments on the YouTube episodes. Uh, as far as being interactive with the show on X and Twitter and Instagram, we are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings go.